Good morning. So glad to see all of you here today. We're talking about the Holy Spirit in this series. And the Holy Spirit is all throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit is part of creation, hovering above the earth. Later, we see that the Holy Spirit comes upon people to lead God's people, to help direct God's people in the way of godliness, that the Holy Spirit will help God's people by speaking through prophets, bringing miraculous victories. And then we move on to the New Testament, where the Holy Spirit works through Jesus Christ himself in miraculous ways, helping the lame to walk and the blind to see, hearts to be healed and brokenness to be mended. And then we see that the Holy Spirit raises Jesus from the dead. As we talked about last week, Jesus is raised from the dead. He appears to people. He continues his message. And then he is gone. But before he leaves, he lets everyone know the same spirit that raises me from the dead is the spirit that is now available to you. Which at one point was only available certain times, certain people, certain situations. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is now yours. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's not a trial version. It's not a light version. The Holy Spirit is not the third place of the Trinity. The Trinity being God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. It's not like God the Father got first place. Jesus came in with the silver and the Holy Spirit gets bronze. It's God. God, the same God in three forms with varying roles. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to work within us. Our main scripture for this series is this, Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We could stop right there for the day. Because that very fact should change everything about our lives. That if I believe in Christ, the Spirit of God lives in me, the same Spirit. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. The person of the Holy Spirit. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, through the sovereignty of the Father, the Holy Spirit is within us if we believe. Here's what the Holy Spirit is, simply put. The Holy Spirit is God with us, God in us, and God through us. It is God's presence, God's provision, and God's power in our lives. Meaning that if you believe in God, if you follow Christ, it's not merely an emotional connection that you have to God. It's not just a reverence that you have for Scripture. God never intended for you just to mentally ascribe to the concepts of the Bible. It means that God is with you right now in this moment and in your darkest days, as Step just shared with us. God is with you, that God is in you, and that God wants to work through your life. 
The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And if that's the starting point that we start from, at least here today, we walk out of this building today with the very Spirit of God that is with us, in us, and wants to work through us. What is there that God cannot do through your life? Regardless of where your self-esteem may be, the things that you've been through that may legitimately cause you to have doubt in yourself, regardless of how many times that you may have failed, the Holy Spirit reminds us He is God with us, in us, and wants to work through us. It's His presence, His provision, and His power. Last week we talked about how Jesus, we see in His time, emptied himself. We see that scripturally. And the Holy Spirit filled his man body, his human body. And we see that the power of God worked through him. And he says, everything I do, I do through the power of the Spirit. The same Spirit that's within you. Jesus was in total alignment with God the Father And God the Spirit. Today we're going to see an example of that. Uh, You may be familiar in scripture uh, from John chapter 5. There's this story about a pool called the pool of Bethesda. And this pool was unique. And I, I don't have the total explanation for this. But the story behind this pool was that those who were sick and lame, and suffering from ailments, would gather at this pool. And in certain specific times, this pool would begin to bubble up. And the first one who gets in the pool is healed. There must have been some legitimacy to it because every year, those who are needing healing gather at this pool and basically hope they win the lottery. They hope that they're the one who is able to get in this pool. Scripture refers to a man who has been laying there, the Bible says, for 38 years. Now, I don't know about you, but 38 years of swings and misses would begin to get very discouraging, right? I mean, once, twice maybe, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be my year, but 38 This guy's still trying. He's got some determination. As he's waiting, hoping this is going to be his year that he will finally be able to walk. Can you imagine? And Jesus walks up to this man and asks him, Do you want to get well? And the man responds, Well, yes, I do, but... No one will help me get into the water. I can't get in there first. I can't manage to do it. Obviously, he's tried over and over again and failed over and over again. To which Jesus replies to this man, stand up and walk. And Scripture tells us that this man is healed. He stands and he walks. As you can imagine, this created quite... A scene, 
When the religious leaders see this man who had swung and missed for 38 years, standing and walking, and he wasn't one who got in the pool, they say, how in the world did this happen to you? And he tells them, Jesus. He shows up. He says, do you want to be well? I said, yes. He says, stand up and walk. To which, get this, the religious leaders were furious. Why? Because Jesus did this on the Sabbath, the holy day. And the religious leaders say, how dare this man work on the holy day? Because apparently telling somebody to stand and walk and be healed is work. So they're furious with Jesus and they question this man. To which this man's response is basically what any of us would say. Basically, he says, look, I'm healed. What can I say? You know, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to go on. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to go climb a mountain. I'm going to go swim. I'm going to, you know, do what I haven't been able to do. And so they go and find Jesus. And they begin to grill Jesus. How dare he work on the Sabbath day? Jesus replies to them, My father is always working. So I am always working. John chapter 5, 19 and 20. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees his father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will Show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. In another place in scripture in Luke. We see this response of Jesus and God working through Jesus. Luke 4, 14 and 18 and 19. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports of him had spread quickly through the whole region. And then Jesus quotes from the Old Testament about what his mission is. He says, the spirit of the Lord came upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus makes it very clear. He's under the authority of God the Father. And he's operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. The miraculous ministry of Jesus. Everything that we see him do. Jesus says, I am aligned with God the Father and God the Spirit. Which is good news for us. Because it says to us that when you and I are aligned under the authority, the rule, the lordship of God the Father, the sacrifice of Jesus, you are now filled with the power of the Spirit. When we're in alignment, anything is possible. There is no limit to what God can do in your life and through your 
life. John chapter 6 verse 38. Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me. Not to do my own will. You and I are filled with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And if that is our perspective, I'm here to do the will of God in my life, not my own will. There is no limit to what God can do in our lives as the same Spirit fills us and we go out these doors on the same mission that God would have for us. The problem is, Jesus was in alignment. It's much harder for us to be in alignment, right? I mean, I just painted this picture, be in line with God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. That's not always so easy to do, right? (coughs) You understand, if you've ever had spinal issues and your spine is out of alignment, it's a problem with everything that you do. It affects everything that you do because you are not able to function like you are supposed to function. If your car's tires are out of alignment and you get that jiggle or your car pulls to one side or the other, your car is not able to function like it is supposed to function. I don't know if any of you have had your OCD triggered this morning, because if you've noticed, our graphics are out of alignment. Hopefully it bugged you. Hopefully you were sitting there going, I wish somebody would fix that because that's not the way it's supposed to be. Good news, it wasn't Owen or Laura's fault. It was my fault. I asked them to do this and we will fix it for you now. But we should be triggered. We should be uncomfortable. We should feel like something's not right here when my life is not in alignment. Hey! With God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. That conviction that we get inside is our spirit being out of a line saying, I want to straighten you up. I want to help your car to go like it's supposed to go. I want to help your life look like it's supposed to look. I want to help you operate the way that you were created to operate. Because when that same power that filled Jesus operates in my life and your life, we are able to do exactly what he wants us to do, to look how he wants us to look, to to move how he wants us to move, to understand what he wants us to understand. We are created to be in alignment with God's spirit within us. We're going to have just a few short, quick moments in today's message where I'm going to ask you just to take a prayerful moment and reflect in your own life and listen to what God would speak to you. So I'm going to ask you to take a moment and just sit with God's presence. Ask yourself, ask God, where am I out of alignment in my life? Dear Heavenly Father, hear our prayers today. Spirit, speak to us about where we are misaligned, 
with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. When we say that Jesus was in alignment, he was in alignment with God's will. God the Father, his will for his life. And I think that's where the disconnect comes for us too many times in our own lives We disconnect from the power of God because we disconnect from the will of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we can say that that power is within us, but sometimes we don't feel like that power is within us. And sometimes that's because we aren't in line with God's will within our lives. The power of God is reserved for the will of God. Anything outside of God's will, we will not see God's power move in that situation. Simply put, I think we often struggle to experience God's power within our lives, within our homes, within our workplace, because we struggle with knowing what God's will is for our lives. And I think we go through much of life misaligned because we don't know what God's will is in our lives. I think many times the difficulty is that we struggle to distinguish God's will from our own will. And when we have trouble distinguishing which might be which, God, is this what you want me to do or is this just me? Most often we err on the side of convincing ourselves, well, whatever God's will is, it's probably what my will is as well. God must want what I want because ultimately God just wants you to be happy, right? I mean, isn't that God's greatest desire that we would all just be happy? We don't see that in Scripture. That's not what Scripture tells us. But many times we misalign our lives with God's will because we convince ourselves God's will must be my will. Now, there's some of you who are a bit more pessimistic and you may see it from the other side of the coin and you may tell yourself, well, whatever God's will is, it must be the opposite of what I want because God wants me to be miserable. There's some of us that feel that way. God wants my life to be horrible. So that must be His will. Either way is the wrong way to approach it. This man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus didn't ask him how he tried to get in the pool or what the history had been. He simply asks him, right now, God's will, do you want to get well? And that's 
different. This man didn't need another failed plan of his own plan. He needed God's power. And God's power is reserved for God's will. So let me ask you this. Where do you need a bigger plan in your life than your plan? Where do you need God's power to move in your life in the things that you can't fix and you can't control because you weren't meant to fix or control those things in your life? Maybe it's not about what you can or can't do, such as the man at the pool of Bethesda. Maybe it's about what God wants to do in your life. Where is it that you need to see a miracle? In your life, in our community? As we take a moment to pray, I want you to give to God the areas of your life that are bigger than you can handle. Dear Heavenly Father, You know our struggles. You know our fears. You know the things that we were never meant to fix on our own. We may have tried for 38 years to get to that pool. And today, your spirit is asking, do you want to get well? Do you want God's help in your life? Would you take a moment and give God those things in your life that he wants you to let go of. Dear Lord, I thank you that you meet us at our own pool of Bethesda. And you invite us to walk into the power of the will of God. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the same power, the same presence, and the same purpose. Lord, thank you that you hear our prayer. power of God is reserved for the will of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit within your life. That's the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do within your life. He never intended for you to be the one that gets it all done. He never intended for you to be the one who produces it all, who carries it all. The power of God is reserved for the will of of God. Practically speaking, if we want our lives to legitimately see the presence and the power and the provision of the Holy Spirit within us, we've got to live lives that are aligned with the will of God. 
So how do we know what God's will is? We're going to get to that in just a second, but I'm going to ask you to pray one more time. Now that you've gotten a little warmed up with the prayers, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. The good news is we saw on Easter when Jesus shows up and he preaches one word powerful sermon to Mary, he simply says, Mary, he calls her by name. I want you to take a moment and listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to Him call you by name to say, Roy, I want you to know. And listen to what God would say to you. I realize only one of you is named Roy. That was just an example. So don't think He called you by the wrong name. No, it's not my name. Uh, Listen to Him call you by name. To simply say, I want you to know. To hear what the Spirit of God might say to you today. Holy Spirit, speak to us in this moment. second part of this prayer as God puts something on your heart he wants you to know I want you to take a moment and respond to God simply say God I will you fill in your response Father, we thank you that you love us, that you reach out to us, that you hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. The power of God is reserved for the will of God, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead works through our lives. Now, we've taken a few moments to pray. Praying is not just something we do when we gather here, this can be a regular rhythm of your life. We didn't do anything fancy. We just stopped and let God know what was on our heart. and We listened to what he would speak to us. I encourage you to do that in a regular rhythm in your life. I do want to say, if you're looking for help, how do I pray? How do I know the will of God? We've got a resource we're going to go over here in a second. But beyond that, We've got people 
who would love to help you learn to walk in God, walk in the Spirit, understand what God is doing in our lives, discern what He is doing in our lives together. And so if you would like to be connected to people who could help you, we would love to help you get connected uh, in that way. But how do we know the will of God? Uh, I'll have it on the screens, but we also have a printout for you. We've got them on every other chair. There are more available in the back, or you can always grab some off the front row where uh, only Roy and Charlie sit. So there's plenty extra up there. Um, But let's go through this real quick. Just practically speaking here, how do you know the will of God? Because that's the million dollar question for all of us, right? So four big view things, filters that we should look through here. First of all, God speaks through his word. God is never going to lead you in a direction, tell you to do something that is contradictory to what the word of God says. His Holy Spirit and his will are never in opposition to his word. Again, alignment. God's spirit is always in alignment with God's word. God has already revealed so many things about what His will is for our lives through His Word, through Scripture. And so we need to put that into our lives on a regular basis. That's why it's important that we read the Bible. Sometimes I read Scripture and I go, well, it didn't necessarily say anything to me for today, but it's, it's what it puts in there, in the bank. So when I do need to know what God's will is, it's stored there within me. God's Spirit guides us into making decisions based on God's truth. When you need to know, God, what is your will, sometimes we don't have anything stored away. And so our immediate response is, well, it must either be my will or let me go ask Al Hasler because he'll know what God's Word says. We need to know what God's Word says for ourselves. God speaks to us through His relationship with us. That's what we were just doing as we prayed and we listened to Him. Don't wait until your life is falling apart to begin to ask for God's will in your life. God's Spirit leads us when we seek Him consistently and intimately. You know how you can recognize people just by their voice? It's because you've heard their voice over and over and over again. The same is true with the Spirit of God in our lives. That intimacy leads to knowing God's Spirit as He leads us. People who regularly spend time with God regularly see answered prayers. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's will by bringing His Word and promises to our minds as He leads us. Many of you have experienced this. Sometimes you don't know what's going on in your life or what you should do. And all of a sudden, a verse that you haven't thought of in a long time just pops into your head. Um, A portion of a message pops into your head and you think, that's what I needed to know today. God also speaks through his people. So it's important to be connected to godly people who will point you in the right direction. The Bible says there is safety And many counselors, great advisors led by the Holy Spirit that have good character and are spiritually mature. I encourage you to have a list of people in your life that you can go to 
when you need godly counsel. And lastly, God speaks to us. His Spirit leads us through circumstances. Sometimes doors will close and others will open. And we seek God for His confirmation. But God will use circumstances in our lives to direct our lives. Lastly, I'll finish with this. Don't overcomplicate it. We, we tend to get all up in our heads of, you know, is this, is this God? Is this just, you know, what I ate for dinner last night? I don't know. Don't overcomplicate God's will. He wants to make His will known to all of us. He wants to confirm it in our lives in different ways. And God has already given you wisdom to be able to discern when His Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, when He is moving in us and what He is leading us to do. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would align us with You. Fill us with Your presence. Give us Your provision. And equip us with Your power to be who You've called us to be and to do what You want us to do. God, we surrender all that we are to You. Thank You for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. To forgive us of our sins, to make us new creations, that we might be vessels filled with the same power in our lives here today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.